So this, this episode is an attempt to have an open conversation about diversity issues in film and TV, um, especially lack of racially diverse talent, I think. We um, are attempting here uh, to discuss our opinions of the current situation from a non-white perspective, uh, perspectives, I suppose, and do not intend any offense or negative sentiment towards any group of people. Um, we hope everything we have said will be taken in context so we can have an ongoing discussion around these sensitive topics. Please enjoy. Thank you. Sounds. This is really sad. We're just <laughs> sitting here clicking our fingers, amazed at how crisp it sounds. Welcome to the MovieBuilder.org podcast episode number 36. No reaction to it. Okay, yeah, no, okay. Last week's, last month's one was awful. Hi. Yes. Hi. Wow. How long has it been? It's been too like, long. We're, are we a week late? Two weeks late? What's it? Two weeks, I think. Usually two weeks been. late? Uh, yeah, more or less. We would have been like maybe on the, the second week of the month. Okay. The I think it's going to be worth it. We've been doing a lot of work, a lot of research, um, mainly today. Last minute research. Always yeah. works. I was going to just straight out lie and say it's been weeks of research. Uh, well, it's been weeks of discussion though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a long time, but we never really <laughs> implemented anything. I don't even know where to start. I mean, the the notes are not quite right. We'll have to just tidy them up before we post them on the on the podcast. It's we've decided to talk about diversity, and um, that seems to have been one of the key influencing factors for um, the. Uh, you've distracted me. Um, ah, yeah. Key influencing drivers for this podcast. No, the Brexit. The Brexit. <clears throat> so we're on the post-Brexit Saturday. Are you? Have you emotionally recovered? It's strange. Um, before this, I had no interest in politics. Well, we've spoken about this at length many times before. Not that I don't have an interest in politics. I just haven't found myself learning anything about politics. That's a strange, 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 <coughs> strange sort of Paisley accent there for a second. What? Paisley. Yeah. I don't have an interest in politics. No, it's not weird. Ah, oh, shit. I found my... Um, but it's weird after this Brexit thing. It's been strange. It's like I understand what politics means. Does it? Do you? Now I like politics. <laughs> okay. Um. Beer. I'm drinking a Samuel Adams Rebel IPA. Uh, in memory of my holiday in Florida, I went we to see. We haven't been paid for that, by the way. We just oh just shit, just edit it out. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there was a check. Okay. Yeah, we'll collect on that. I next time I go over. So you went to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Not. The way everyone always asks me, oh, how was it? Did you go to Magic Kingdom? Did you go to... No. I My parents live there. So I, I, I we watched a lot of um, H, H, HGTV. 
um, what is that? Home and Garden TV, Home Improvement TV. You know, we watched <laughs> okay. Island Movers and the brothers, the two twin brothers who renovate houses. And it was interesting. You get the taste of what it's like living there on a day-to-day basis. And my parents live in Bradenton, just sort of 40 minutes south of Tampa. Um, in the middle of freaking nowhere. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, uh, you just listen to the podcast. I hope not. No. I swear a lot. My mum can't deal with swearing. Oh dear. She gets really. Isn't that over. strange? We're we're both grown, <laughs> we're both grown adults, and yet when we swear or <laughs> you, know, you know, it's really strange, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's related to this. There's still a, the, the small semblance of fear that's there that we that we're. Oh off. well, it's fear, but what if you if you take it back a step, I think that comes from uh, an ounce of respect that's still remaining yeah yeah there's that as well absolutely no that's not true i lots of respect lots of respect promise honest uh uh so yeah you know don't want to <coughs> upset people unnecessarily so uh, in the last five six weeks has it been yeah long six time. weeks or something um i'd say a, there's been a good amount of films that have released um that's good once we're talking about x-men came out i saw that Yes, X-Men, uh, Secret Life of Pets, we also saw that. Oh, uh, yeah. Saw Independence that. Day, Resurgence. Yeah, you saw that. Turtles. You saw that. And how did I see that, Kay? Uh, yeah, what? It's because you've been playing it. It's the first point. Uh, I'm on the wrong screen. <laughs> Professionals. Movie catch-up dash Odeon card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've both, we've both splashed out on this Odeon Limitless card. Um much to our wives. Dismay. Dismay. Um, I need to change these titles. We're talking to talk about diversity, but my main content title just says non-white. You'll understand why non-white is a pretty big part of what we're going to be talking about, but that is not the title of the podcast. Episode 36, non-white. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'd call it soft groin punch. Yes. That's, that could be a title. That comes up. What else is going to come up? Why are we doing this? Why are we talking about diversity in film and media? Um, I suppose as uh, Asians who've been brought up, I suppose this really affects you more than me because I've been brought up in a community, in a society where... You don't look Chinese. Indians. Um, no, you said Asian. That means Japanese, Chinese. British, British Asian. No, Asia. When I go to America, Asian just seems to mean... In America, it's... Yeah, Asian. You know, is, uh, your eyes are just not narrow enough. That's what it seems to mean. It sounds offensive, <laughs> but that's what... That's, I've had people say to me, because you're Asian. Oh, okay, you look more like, you know, Indian. What? Yeah, India is part of Asia, you fucking... <clears throat> um, I'd say, in a, for me, growing up in a community where, and a society, I suppose, Leicester is a very... Indian, tightly knit Indian community. I think there's, I say tightly knit, but uh, I grew up with Indians. I've grew up seeing Indians and other nationalities and, and seeing other races around me. But for you, your your experience growing up was very different. What are you? Oh, that's uh, another whole podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah, I grew up in um, nearer to London. Um, extremely cosmopolitan, um, except for where I was living, which was. Well, now it is. Back then it was, parts of it were not. Um, uh, and then coming to Leicester when I went to university was uh, almost like a culture shock. I just came here and I was like, <gasps> Indians! 
millions of them. Um, I'm over it now. It's nice. It's nice here. But th th that's just our background uh, and what uh, and why our perspective might be different to uh, some of the opinions out there. We've talked about Nick Fury um, in past episodes. We've talked about we mentioned Money Penny in the um, Sky Falling episode. Uh, I've made some jokes about how Doctor Do <laughs> Doctor Who will never be a an Indian Doctor, no matter how common Indian Doctors are. Um, and weirdly, we've just had um, a huge societal revolt um, that seems to men be mentioning things about migrants and who are portrayed in the media as mainly uh, coming through Europe from other places where they are often non-white. Um, but I want to talk about diversity on a, on a wider, uh, in a wider spectrum. Just we're going to we're going to define diversity. We're going to define the marketplace um, for movies, um, and I think all of this is very relevant two days after the Brexit referendum here in the UK. We've mentioned the Bech Bechdel test. Bechdel test. I can never say that. Bechdel. Bechdel. Bechamel. No, Bechamel. Zoe, Bechamel Des Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. So if we're, if we're going to be defining the marketplace, and I don't want this to be boring, so I think well, we need to talk about our opinions and our perspective as we go along, because otherwise it's just a load of shitty stats that we're reading out that basically tells everyone what they already know, which is that film and media, especially the stuff that comes out of Hollywood, is mainly not... Uh, it seems diversity unaware or something. I don't even know how to phrase this shit. I have had lots of conversations with um, people inside the police over here, and I remember they have a long list of diversity um, well, categories. Uh, I found that that came from the 2010 Equality Act in the UK, so I thought that's a good place to start. Um, age. Age is a thing. Age? Yeah. In film? How many old people do you see? Have you seen Red? Yes. Did you like it? No. Oh, fuck this. I thought it was a good concept, but it's got bored. Then again, I, I watched it when it first came out, so my We're going to have to do Sky Falling with Red now, aren't we? Yes. We found another one. We found another one. Red is a cool film. It is a cool film. And I like the concept of the film. I just, when I watched it initially, it was just like... Uh, and my, my opinions on the film were very... Narrow. You know, it wouldn't give anything else a chance. I'd watch what I wanted to watch rather than watch what I should watch. Okay, cool. Uh, how many? You don't really see old people in films, uh, or they're they're marginalised. They're Michael Caine. Well, yeah. Uh, was th Bruce they're, Willis? They're not exactly heroes, are they? They end, seem to end up becoming butlers. Bruce Willis. If if you're if you're if you're once upon if you were fairly hard once. Unless you're Harry Brown. Um, yeah, but then eventually Harry Brown becomes Batman's butler. Bruce Willis? Will eventually be Batman's butler. <laughs> Other aspects, types of discrimination, being or becoming... Um, these are protected categories. Being or becoming a transsexual person. Uh, what's that series on Netflix? The Wachowskis. Sense8. Sense8. Have you seen this? I started watching it. I'm going to a it. I love this series. Tell us why. 
uh, lots and lots of reasons. Okay. Um, it it seems to be a script where they've sat there and had long conversations and long thoughts about not just the representation of um, um, diverse people from around the world, from different cultures, different backgrounds, different ways of thinking, different lifestyles, but also um, what kind of story about these people would be interesting rather than just this is people. And to make them interesting, they kind of have this exotic, diverse thing going on, which is always annoying. People being married or in a civil partnership are protected. Being pregnant or on maternity leave. Um, that's a seems to be a temporary situation, so I'm not going to talk much about that. Disability is a big one. There are almost... Is there, are there any disabled directors? How many disabled actors are there that we still see in film and media? The dude from Breaking Bad. The dude from Breaking Bad. Who? Walter Jr. Okay. Well, see, I, here's one. I don't know if he's actually disabled. He's he disabled, is? yeah. Well, that's very nice to hear. Hmm. Not, that he, not that he's disabled is not <laughs> nice to hear. For fuck's <laughs> sake. For fuck's sake. Oh, man, it's you today, not me. <laughs> I knew this would happen on this episode. <laughs> I've, got so, I've got so many notes. It's impossible not to put your foot in your mouth and... Um, <laughs> disgusting. Be glad when people subject. are disabled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, race, including color, nationality, ethnic, or national origin. Um, these are all protected. Uh, the strange one for me, religion, belief, or lack of religion, but slash belief is protected. I guess that's good. Um, good and bad. I think it's... Uh, much abused thing, but let's not. That's a, again a separate podcast. Sex, gender, and sexual orientation. Um, so we live in an age. Why are we having the discussion? Hasn't this been done to death? Maybe we live in an age where two interesting things have happened. We have um, mass portrayal of um, Muslims in the media um, as being. I mean, oh, wow. Do I, do I even need to say the things I'm about? To, I just need to say one word. Trump. Yes. <laughs> okay. You say you have a thing to say. Go for it. What? what? No. Trump. Trump. Trump, Trump, or Drumpf, <clears throat> using his actual name, uh, was it? His given name. So, Drumpf. Um, has said some has said some terrible things, and he's made some terrible links uh, and generalizations. And we have lots of people doing stereotyping, and we have lots of people that in the UK we feel this. I don't know how much you've picked this up. I've picked this up a lot. It's everywhere. A lot of discussions around um, uh, the cultural impact inside organisations, uh, as you have people from all different religions and beliefs coming in. And how those company cultures change. So we live in a in a very progressive society, much more than it was even just ten years ago. Yeah. Looks like you've lost you. Uh, I was looking at Trump. You're looking at Trump. Why are you looking at Trump? But 
I thought his name was actually Trump, so I looked it up. His name is Trump. He changed it to Trump. Trump. Yep, because it means fart. <laughs> he wanted to be called Fart. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> but we also live in an age where we are suddenly giving um, the right to of, of marriage and civil partnership, as it is in the UK, which is also dense. Um, um, to non-straight couples, so things feel like they're moving forward, but yet in some, in many ways, feel like they're still very backwards. Mm. I, I feel like I'm doing this intro on my own, man. So no, yeah, say I some mean, shit, man. Say I, some can't, shit. I can't. I feel like you know, yeah, you're you're saying things that I cannot contribute to at the moment because I'm not that far ahead in my political career. Yes, it was. This is not. This is not political. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> We've had lots of arguments during the research of this, um, which we'll share with you as we go along. <laughs> we need to get into the, we're losing people here. We need to get into film stuff. Okay. Uh, well, let's just cover the basics. Yes. Talking of how um, diverse, aware of diversity you are. How's, yeah. um, what do you call him? Retard wonky cat. Wonky cat. Wonky cat. <laughs> wonky cat is probably the best way to describe him. How's he doing? He's he's alright. He's still disabled. So for you, for those of you unaware, I have a, I have a very disabled cat who, you know, is always looking for a new home. If anybody's interested, he has no use of his back legs. Um, so we essentially facilitate his life. Is the best way to describe it. You facilitate his life. I f- we facilitate his life. We make sure his life continues. So just to just to be clear, we we live in a society that's now recognised that you can refer to a cat as retard wonky cat, but yep. if that was a human being, yep. and you said those things, you'd be committing a criminal offence under the Equalities Act in this country. Oh really? I, I think so. I call people retard, retarded and wonky all the time. Oh my god! Wow. I need. How do you do a face palm? On a podcast. That's that sounds like I would have slapped my own face, which is how I feel at the moment. Okay, okay. so yeah, let's talk about the uh, the the marketplace. What we're trying to sell films. These people well, we're not trying to sell films. We're trying to watch films and talk about them. Other people are trying to sell films, and so we went out and we thought, well, let's let's talk about this from a really high level perspective. I don't want to talk about our opinions. I don't want to bias this by saying, oh, we're brown and we watch films where they've got majority of sort of white casting them and everything and that just sounds silly so we thought let's go and actually do some research and um we did what did we find let's first so we start clicking i'm going to start clicking i'll tell you what i'm going to do is i'm going to change my i'm going to um take my time and then i will leave that to to our editing team and all one of them oh yes and you can just take out the spaces um I think population demographics was a good place to start. So that first link we've got, um, uh, we've got lots of links and things we're going to paste in the um, show notes. Yeah. Uh, And so you can go look these things up and, and just tweet us with how uh, badly we've interpreted the data. If that's how you feel Um, or the opposite, if that's how you feel. Apparently America is 38% non-white, roughly. That's a pretty big number. Yeah. All things considered. 
Is that bigger than you thought it would be? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> it's so predictable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, wow. We are I don't know. I, I'd say... Um, I'd say it's just about what I'd say. I would predict it to be really. I wouldn't say it's fifty-fifty just yet. Um, yeah, I'd, I would have said I would have predicted about thirty-two percent, thirty percent. Really? Okay. So something that's that's a bit more interesting um, is I was surprised to hear that Detroit um, has a huge. Um, um, non-white population uh, and, and the white population has gone down from about you know uh, 1.5 million to about 60,000 um, over the last 10 years 10-15 years um, and that got me thinking I think looking at this by the demographics around um, states and countries is completely wrong because we don't live in states and countries some people do out in the sticks uh, and though that might affect the stats I think it's the cities. It's about the cities. Cities are the places where the economy is, where people go to, where, where cities are the things that grow. There's, I mean, there's, I'm not going to talk about this as a social science podcast. Please go away. Look this stuff up. Tell me how you think. Tell us how you think we're wrong. Um, there's some great TED Talks on this about how the future of humanity seems to be around almost like city-states where these super cities are going to grow and grow because that's where people are migrating to. So if you look at it from cities, you see something very, very different, um, which was difficult to find. Um, <clears throat> but I'll put some links up which point towards this. But yeah, 38% non-white in America. Yeah? Yes. Uh, London is 40% not white. Mm -hmm. Non-white. Mm-hmm. If we go down the American cities, you see something interesting. Um, over half of those cities, so I've got an article here uh, from price, priceonomics.com, as they seem to have good references and good data. And they've got a chart. They've got lots of charts. One of this chart is major American city, population greater than 400,000, ranked by what percentage of the population is white. And there's a reason to talk about this, yeah? So hang in there if you're white and thinking, they keep talking about me. I'm white. They're not white. What's the big fucking deal? We're all the same now. Not stupid. They're racist. <laughs> Wait. <coughs> <That's> <laughs> that was my diversity aware impression of, <laughs> I don't know who, um, <laughs> generally people that I met in America. <laughs> Can I uh, now request a deletion for that? <laughs> Going to refuse Accepted. it. I know. <laughs> over half of this graph shows that. Um, so this graph, sorry, this graph shows that over half the cities, over half the cities, have. Hang on, twenty seconds, forty. So sixty percent um, non-white population. So the largest cities, the largest, you know, the bottom half of that, this chart, I'm going to, it doesn't make any sense as I'm saying it, but what I'm trying to say is there is absolutely huge population of um, minorities um, 
in in the in the marketplace that is participating in watching these films and buying and paying for these films. Um, our own town, where we live, Leicester, we are quite lucky. It's um, forty five percent white British, fifty point six percent white, from our last consensus, um, and it was so. It's, I mean. Pretty much fifty percent minority. Well, you know, it's becoming one of UK's first ethnic majorities. So yeah, uh, this is this is one city. Birmingham has some similar stats in some areas. London, I've already mentioned the stats. So these are cities, um, Western Western Europe and across America. They show you that the audience is very different to what's being portrayed on screen, which we'll cover. Two things, from the bunch. The, the munchy thing, as you said, is the <laughs> Ralph Bunch Center, UCLA. They do a report on uh, Hollywood. Di they do this thing called the Hollywood Diversity Report. Films with relative... Di this is uh, some things from their executive summary. Two paragraphs. And then uh, this long-ass intro will be over. Films with relatively diverse casts enjoyed the highest median global box office receipts with the highest median return on investment. Minorities accounted for the majority of ticket sales for four of the top 10 films in 2014 ranked by Global Box Office, including the highest grossing film for the year. Okay, and last boring bunch of stats before we talk about stuff. Again, from the Bunch Center report. This one's really telling. This one's really telling. Is that your mic on? Yes. Yay. Is that a quick break there? Needed to check. 87% of Hollywood directors, so industry directors from the Hollywood Diversity Report. Yes. 87% directors white, 95.7% directors men, 92% of directors, so 92% of writers white, 90.8% of writers men. And as you go down the report, it continues with very similar stats, very... Um, similarly biased um, tilt regarding um, the demographics of the people that work in the industry. Should we talk about the Oscars? Yeah, let's do that. I think um, there was a big kind of... Hoo-ha. Um, yeah, I don't want to use that word. Hoo-ha. <laughs> Um, about the Oscars this year and how the majority of the nominees were white. Well, they were all white, weren't they? Um, I didn't watch it. I, I've now just refused to watch it. Yeah, I mean, same. I don't, I don't, I don't watch it at all. But um, there was an issue, of course, with the lack of diversity in the Oscars themselves. And there was a statistic that I saw just feels like watching industry insiders wanking each other off. Just as a quick overview of, of what the film industry is comprised of other than the, the stats that we've just given you, is um, it appears that many of the Academy's members are all white men aged 70 and up. Really? Well, many of them. The Academy? Yeah. What's the so the, the people who make the decisions for the films that are... Uh, nominated for Oscars. Okay. Um, 70. 70 and up. Wow. 
uh, this particular article I'm talking about is refers to uh, Straight Outta Compton. And there was a director, uh, Rod Lurie, who is an Israeli-American director, I believe, um, who liked the film and thought, obviously, it should be um, kind of acknowledged for its and praised for the, for the film itself. Have you seen it? I've seen it. It's good, isn't it? I love the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a quote here. Um, Only one man had tried watching it, but stopped partway through waving off the critically acclaimed rap biopic as too loud. Keep in mind, these, these men... These men are 70 and up. So they come from a generation where... It was too loud. Yeah, all these colored folk. They were shouting. <laughs> really? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there was... So this is... Oh, Could have turned the batteries down on there. I'm, I'm being ageist, basically. And I'm now being ageist. <laughs> I'm now breaking the law myself. While talking about how we should respect diversity, I am making fun of old people. Ah, oh, I already hate this episode. Can we make it better? Yes, we're okay, getting, we're getting let's make it better. So this director, this Israeli-American-born director, he's a, he thought it was the, one of the year's best movies, and uh, these these men, these seventy-year-old men, just didn't hadn't voted for it at all. They didn't they, they didn't they didn't give a crap about it. They didn't care. Well, it's so loud. It's so loud. And yeah. so the Academy, the director's branch anyway, yeah. so that they give very little information as to who's actually in the Academy and, and what the member is comprised of. Um, so this article is based off... Oh, you've got a thing? Yeah. So yeah. it's got like an analysis of the motion picture and arts uh, science membership. So just as a quick overview again, a, some of the... So most of the directors in this group are 89% male and 84% white. Roughly half are 60 or older. I think there's kind of a trend where the older people seem to have an issue with different races. I love Brexit. Do you reckon? Is that what happened in the Brexit? Yeah, a lot. the was demographic it? was 50 people who were 50, age 50 or more Yeah, were the ones mostly who voted out. And also there was a... But you're linking that with, with, with not liking... People of color. Is that the reason they voted? A lot of it has to do with immigration, I think. Okay. As in, I don't think it is, but as in, the the reason why people voted out. I've got, there's a lot of people I have uh, a lot of respect for who voted leave. Um, Obviously, I have slightly less respect for them now, but... Of course. uh, (laughs) It was confusing. Um, And I had this really mystical... They had non-factual, mystical reasons behind it. You know, once you've lived long enough and you've seen the changes that happen and that are not according, not quite in accordance with changes as you expected them, you, you learn these things. But you know, the the funny mm. thing about this yeah. was the ones that who say all this crap are the ones who have to live with it for the the, li- the most little amount of time <laughs> in their lives. Yes. So I saw this table where it said the average life expectancy of this person and Obviously, the, the people who are the oldest people who voted for like probably got like ten or sixteen years left yep. in their lives to live with this, whereas the younger people obviously have up to they're what sixty nine, so they're, they're like eighteen to twenty. What's it? What's it? Eighteen, twenty four, twenty five. The, the age bracket they usually use is that or something. But anyway, those have to have the longest to live with it, and only there were still people in in each age group that voted 
out, but most of them came from 50 plus. Okay, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. But anyway, yeah, going back to this thing, the older people in the academy yeah. seem to have an issue with any race that isn't white. It's almost, it's funny because it's <laughs> a stereotype. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it's a stereotype of, a, of an old white man. You know, it's, you joke about, um, you know, how racist your granddad or grandma is, but it, you never really see it until something like this happens. Okay, well, let me, let me uh, can I add one quick thing? Having come from Florida, which is a state in the south, therefore a southern state, I was shocked at the amount of um, Trump supporting bumper stickers and things there were everywhere, the open conversations that were taking place, the amount of support Trump has. It was unbelievable. We're in the UK, we're watching the news thinking, this guy's an absolute fucking nutter. What the hell is he talking about? How can you behave like this and become um, the leader of one of the world's superpower countries? This is just an impossibility. And then I went there and I thought... It's because he's a nutter in, who's going to lead nutters. So what you're saying about the people um, here, your, your list of people, in I, I think the fact that they're in America also impacts this because older people... Um, uh, this is really... Diversity language is just getting weird. I was about to say people of age. <laughs> people of age in the UK um, I've met are a much more of a mixture. Yeah, you have the super right-wing radicals that are just don't want to see another immigrant as long as they live of every, of any color, whether they're Polish or Indian or whatever. And then you have other people that have just learned so much from the integration um, and mixing of other, other societies. And it's just, it's nice. But I just don't see those people in America. I just, I seem to be not bumping into them wherever we go. So I think it gives a, it's a the next point is probably a bit more interesting as well. So, about whitewashing but there's a there's probably a reason why this kind of thing happens and there's another statistic here that so washington washington post did an analysis of the invites that are sent out by the academy okay um because there's no demographic data that's released by the academy itself so of all the um decision makers in hollywood um 299 of these are males 44 of these are females Oh, of these 299 males, it seems as though three of them were Hispanic. Yay! Um, <laughs> one was black. Okay, cool. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven were Asian, and two was other. Other, other. means other means Asians who are not from Japan, <laughs> China. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Malaysia, Vietnam, and of these 44 females, two of them are black. Okay. Um, forty. Okay, yeah, yeah, forty-four females. But of course, these are all estimates. So you know, there's probably a give or take a whatever. But just that number in itself: two hundred ninety-nine males and forty-four females. I mean, that just kind of says enough. How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? But this is interesting because we haven't talked about this before. How does that make you feel about the movies and the movie industry and all these things that we? Look I've at? always knew that the film industry was very corrupt in the sense that they do what they want to do and what they see as right so it's a uh, highly biased and i think i think uh like, i'm gonna say a thing see if you tell me if you agree or disagree with it i think what we've looked at is the demographic of the marketplace and we've looked at the makeup of the industry 
And I think the demographic of the marketplace is ignored because the makeup of the industry is so um, tilted in one direction that they just make films and TV media which contain... Uh, they, they hire talent, yeah, like themselves, and they um, make media that's representative of their world perspective containing people who are like them. Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of these films that are made are based off things that they were probably brought up with and they are being translated into the shit we see today. Uh, <laughs> I think um, one place where this really doesn't work is whitewashing. Now, we can subconsciously forgive all the bullshit um, whitewashing that's happened in the past, but there's still a lot of, a lot of whitewashing that happens now. Whitewashing is when you um, turn a character that is from a minority, from a different kind of ethnic background, and turn them into a white character, or use a white character to play um, someone who is not white. Um, therefore, kind of changing, almost changing the context of the of 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 the thing. So, uh, without going into modern ones, can you think of any historical ones that spring to mind? Gandhi, Ben Kingsley, amazing performance, but still whitewashing. Short circuit. That guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did, I really liked him. Yeah, I did as well. And then I I think it was only last year I read it. That he wasn't actually an Indian dude; he was a white guy. Have you ever seen? Um, is it Harundi Bakshi, Peter Sellers' film in the 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 party or whatever? No. Peter Sellers plays this Indian guy. I've yeah. probably got his name completely wrong. Uh, and he basically plays an Indian guy, and he plays him like, um, Mister Bean, to a certain extent, and and everyone. You know, destroyed this film at the time. Well, and a bit later, and always look back and say it's a terrible example of whitewashing. But you know what? Peter Sellers is really fucking funny. Yeah, this guy's funny, man. He's funny. What can I say? Um, and I'm Indian, and I'm almost not offended by it because he captured the the body language and the behavioural mannerisms and characteristics of so many Indians um, at that time. In, in such a almost beautiful way that it it's it's almost like a positive example of whitewashing when Indian actors weren't being given an opportunity to to play a role and they couldn't have played it like that he did this thing it would never happen today but I I, I don't really have a problem with it have you ever seen this no way no, how can you not have seen this film what is it what is it shit we should watch this film what is it what is it called I think uh, I'm sure it's called the party. Uh, look it up somewhere on your internets. Oh, you guys found it. Yep, Harundi Bakshi, The Party, 1968. Jesus, before I was born. That was a long time ago. So I have a name for whitewashing, because whitewashing is where you're not just um, making the film the way you see the world, You've taken something that was in the original story or you've taken something where you had an opportunity to, you know, include diverse people from diverse backgrounds and instead you've put a white person in there. It's a self-groin punch. 
You've taken that hand and you've just slammed it into your own groin. That's what you've done. Have you got some examples? Some new examples? Uh, yes. Yeah, what have you got? <coughs> oh dear. Um, you seen Dragon Ball Evolution? I have, yeah. Annoyingly, I have. I don't know why I watched it, but I did. Yeah, Goku was white. That was weird. Um, ScreenRant.com's got a great article in this. I'm just going to post it. Yep. We're just stealing stuff from articles all over the web, but we're going to post them all up because we're not dickheads. You see, so um, there has been there have been several um, there's several examples of this of this whitewashing crap that happens, or even um, what was the question again? What? <laughs> what? What? You said there's several examples. What are they? Um, I was going to talk about the other stuff as well, but I want to talk about this one first. It's Nick Fury stuff. No, that's the other one. We'll come back to that. Which one are you talking about? Whitewashing. You're talking about the other one. So Tony Mendez, um, in the in Argo, played by Ben Affleck. Yeah. Ben Affleck. That that guy was Mexican. Of Mexican heritage. Played by a white guy of Irish heritage, making it look like a white guy saved all these things all these people in Iran. Yep. Um that's yeah, self groin punch. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know why I was thinking of Fargo. Have you seen the extremely disappointing last Airbender movie? No, uh, no. Have you seen the animation? I'm aware of it. Oh, okay. So if you're not familiar with it, it's an animation which um, is has lots of diversity in it. Um, but all the kids, Katara, Ang, Zuko, and Soka, were all white. They were all whitewashed. In the film. In the film. Um, I'm not going to go on about that. These are just examples. Go ahead and click on the link in the show notes. I'm not going to go over old examples because they've been done to death before. Yeah? Um. So this, this is the problem. The problem you want to talk about, which I can see you just itching to say something about it, is, is I'm going to call it the self-double hammer punch where you take both hands and you just punch yourself in the groin as hard as you can. And that is when these producers start blacking up characters. Uh, or another way of saying it is, I've written on my notes, look, we are really inclusive and not racist. Please believe us. And they've taken, they take a character that is not um, black, Asian, a woman, disabled, whatever, and they change the character from the original story to make it more diverse. And it always just doesn't work out because you're highlighting the problem instead of finding a solution or completely rewriting a story. Uh, great examples of this. I'm going to leave your one because you know you want to talk about that one. Um, Heimdall, the um, the butler of heaven, <laughs> was uh, you know, Idris, and Idris is great, and I'm glad it was Idris because I want Idris to have more roles because he keeps going to Parliament and whinging about it over here. I'm joking, of course. Um, um, and, and another one which is interesting which I'll talk about in a minute do you want to talk about yours? so Nick Fury um, initially is a is a white male in the comic books 
until the Ultimates incarnation, where he was changed into um, a likeness of Samuel Jackson. So they, they purchased the rights. Marvel had purchased the rights of Samuel Jackson about 11 years before the first Avengers films came out. Um, but the production of the... This is interesting. The production of the Avengers film was started in 2005. The Ultimates... Yeah. The first Ultimates was published in 2002. Okay. So, I don't know if there's a correlation between the production of the film and the... the the inclusion of Samuel Jackson, but Samuel Jackson initially was signed on to do nine films, so he had a contract to, to have an appearance in nine films. Are you, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about Nick Fury being... I mean, I, I love Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, so let's get that out of the way. Yeah, I think it probably wouldn't... If if they had used an older white gentleman to play Nick Fury, it would have been like every other hard-ass army general that's basically ever existed. But it's funny, that isn't it? All those comics are very white characters. Everyone is white. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like um, fantasy. I, I read a lot of science fiction and fantasy um, when I was younger. And I think I eventually just ignored the fact that all these characters are basically white. I mean, you know, Tolkien's one of the worst for this. Um and fantasy stories don't have black characters. And from that perspective, I got a different, uh, uh, forming a different opinion of the BBC Merlin series where Guinevere um, is played by uh, Angel Colby, who's, who's black. Um, well, she looks mixed race to me, but wh whatever. She's not white. And that's irritated a lot of people on the web. But I think it's a great thing because, yeah, okay, they've this completely missed the whole historical context thing and it makes no sense and all that stuff. But from an audience perspective, it's nice to see people rewriting, um, you know, fantasy and adventure stories with more non-white characters, people from different ethnic backgrounds. But do you think they're just doing that for the sake of doing that? Or do you think... This was my opinion for a long time. I, the BBC are guilty of this. They overrepresent so many ways so many places and they it's like almost like they lean too far uh, in that direction trying to overcompensate for all the other shit that's out there um i mean my favorite is the completely straight up and honest token in south park of course we've moved on from <laughs> we're not talking about blacking up now we're talking about south, the genius south park guys just being honest about something and my favorite episode there is uh on this subject is when cartman and his um can't remember her name. There's a black girl that comes into their class, and Cartman tries to set her up with Token. And when he's when people ask him why, he said, well, "You know, because black people belong together." <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a hilarious take on what these producers are doing. In, in yep. All right. Now you've got a load of notes here. Yeah. So uh, there's a guy called. Uh, William Yu, who uh, is... Anyway, so he had this campaign. It's called Starring John Cho. John Cho, if you're not familiar with him, was uh, Harold in Harold and Kumar films. He also plays Sulu in the Star Trek, uh, the new Star Trek films. John Cho. John Cho. Yeah. Um, and he's an amazing actor. I think he's a tremendous actor. Um, so there's a quote here I've got, and it's from the Starring John Cho campaign. It says, If studies show that films with diverse casts result in higher box office numbers, a la Fast and Furious, 
um, and returns on investments. Why doesn't Hollywood cast lead actors to reflect this fact? It's true. It's a good point. And it's an interesting point because I, to my knowledge, aside from, uh, obviously, I'm going to bring up uh, um, from from uh, China, the uh, Yip Man. Um, aside from those films and aside from any film that isn't from America, I can't think of a film, mainstream film, that has made it big that starred an Asian leading man. Um, and uh, this is what this gentleman is doing. He's trying to push more Asian men as um, as leading roles in films rather than just sidekicks or um, afterthoughts. Um, Crouching Tiger. But was that an American film? Uh, in terms of production, I think it was, but it doesn't... It. <laughs> I'm taking the piss because it's like, yes, they can be stars of martial arts films and kung fu films because that's what they do, isn't it? That's what they do. They know that shit. Uh, that's the feeling you get, which is which is not good. Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen's a legend. And a very also accomplished. Star Wars. No. Donnie Yen's, oh yeah, Rogue One. Um, no. no. I mean, uh, are there exceptions to all of this? Yes. Can Jackie you Chan. Me? Jackie Chan. Yeah, see, that's what they do. But this is what I mean, that other than stereotypical roles, there hasn't been a man who, let's play, let's say... You know, or woman. Or woman. Tomorrow uh, never dies. Bond woman was Chinese. Michelle Yeoh. But again, she was just a, a side role. Have I got the right Bond film? I don't know. I know there's one listener who will just rip me to shreds if I get that wrong. Michelle Yeoh. Let's go. So that was interesting to me. That's... Uh, you don't you don't realize it until someone brings it up, and especially something like this, where in a day and age where you think that's something like that, especially especially in America, where we have such films as crappy Notebook or something, or or anything like that. Excuse me, The uh, Notebook is a really fucking brilliant film. How dare you? How very dare you? Sorry, I'll apologize. You were talking about yep. how we live in an age. Yep. They're supposed to be more diversity aware, and um, yet they're Hollywood's producing this kind of weird shit, making yeah. these kind of decisions. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. And I think that just kind of reflects the kind of people who are calling the shots. In I'm going to use Hollywood as a as the biggest example because that's where all of our films come from. Majority of the mainstream films are coming from. So I'm using Hollywood as an example. I think it's the best example we can use right now. Majority of the Hollywood big wigs, I suppose, seem to have an issue with. Uh, I mean, again, there are exceptions to this rule, and we'll bring them up in a second. Uh, have seem to have an issue with anybody who is non-white playing the leading role, as if they are lesser or they're not strong enough, in a, in a character perspective, and. I suppose from the actor's perspective, to play a leading role, or is it, or is it just a business decision? Are they just saying this leading actor won't relate to what we think the audience is? Yeah, but this is the thing: it's all based on assumptions now. So these days and now and nowadays, I think that quote I just read out, especially about the, uh, you know, the amount of people, the demographics of, of of people who watch different films, you'd think that they would make films more relatable to the diverse society that we're living in right now. 
other other exceptions? Yes, Fast and Furious. Okay. Fast and Furious is full of diverse characters, racially. There's only there are a number of white people in there, but the for the most part, the main characters you're looking at, you know, was it seven of them, eight of them? Talking about the later ones. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about predominantly non-white characters here, who are in leading roles, uh, and that is something that is strange, strange. And considering the f- the commercial and uh, critical success to some extent, it's received. It's unseen and unheard of. I think there. I don't think there is another highest grossing franchise than Fast and Furious, uh, especially considering uh, the racially diverse um, cast. It's an interesting lesson for movie producers there. So what about comic films? Comic films kind of talk about people with differences and seem to treat their storylines as a reflection of... Uh, they seem to talk about diversity uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a metaphorical way. How are they doing? Well, it's funny. I was just... Um, we watched X-Men the other day, uh, X-Men Apocalypse. And for a film that promotes, it's, it's a it's a film that fundamentally is 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 about diversity and being different to everyone. Yet the majority, no, all of the characters. Yeah, all of the characters in X Men. Yeah, all of the X Men are white, aside from X Men First Class, where you had. Um, Darwin. Darwin and... Oh, but Darwin was like a Mary Sue who died first. Basically, yeah. Yep. And then there was the Wings Girl. Wings Girl. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who also died. Yeah. But I'm talking about more so the rest of the X-Men and then First Class. Um, I guess after First Class, they learned the lesson not to have any black people in the team, right? What about Olivia? <laughs> what about Olivia Munn? Yeah. She's Japanese and white, right? I, I have no idea. Yeah, she's half Japanese, half white, and half Mexican. Quarter Mexican. It's about that. Mexican, Japanese, and white. Okay. She's gorgeous, though. Isn't, didn't she play thingy? Psylocke. Psylocke. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. But she's an exception because she looks white. Okay, I see. And yeah. I think it's all about appearance as well. I think if there is a black person in a film... Yes. I think... To qualify, yeah. To be in a leading role or to be in a co-starring role, it has to be a certain shade of skin. Do you think that's fair to say? Well, I don't think there's a Pantone for it, but I see what you're saying. They, we, we probably haven't seen it, but there probably is one in the producer's <laughs> office. <laughs> it's like when you're making a <laughs> cup of coffee. If it's this dark, you don't drink it. I want someone this color. No, more milk. This one. <laughs> this one. Get me someone with one of those. One of those. So like, it's like you said that... Um, what's her name? What's it in Moneypenny? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Naomi Harris is very light-skinned, right? She's easy on the eyes. But we're trying to say that people with darker skin are not easy on the eyes. I'm saying that from a producer's perspective, if they put someone darker in there, yeah, I don't think that would fly. Because she'd be a very black money penny. Yeah. What? Hmm, okay. That's an interesting. Okay. This is very interesting because that's 
I mean, it's an accusation, but it's also... It's a realistic accusation, I think. It's your expectation. That's what. That's the thing you would expect. I would expect what, yeah. I would expect it too. Yeah. And, I don't, I, I, and I'm only I would have no that. issue with it. I would and, have no issue with it. With it but with I'm, a, I'm, I think I'm only realizing I'm expecting it as you're saying it. And yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, it actually sounds real to me. Mm. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch this. I'd watch this. I'd still watch it regardless of the color of the skin. That means nothing to me. But I'm saying from the producer's perspective, knowing what we know, uh, again, these are all vague and perhaps bold assumptions. But based on what we've seen, based on some of the data that we've seen, I think they are either unwilling to put someone with darker skin in or they just won't um, just because of what they think they know. Okay. These are a lot of assumptions right now we're throwing around. That's okay. It's nice to... I was over the moon um, about Finn. Yeah. Um, that was a really good... That was really nice. Made me happy to see. Um, good casting choice. What do you think of Ray? I love Ray. She's so gorgeous. Female lead. Yeah, I love that. I love that they did that. Love it. And she wasn't bumbling or stupid or idiotic or ditzy. Well, I I found that she was a great again another great casting choice. Yeah, you know, um, she she was. She could handle her own. She could deal with everything that was thrown at her. Okay, I, I I think it was her performance that she she performed in a in a way that made her yeah. made Ray look kind of awkward mm. uh, in the beginning, which was really good. Mm. Star Wars is a bad one for diversity, though. Lando Calrissian. Well, Lando's a positive point, also because it doesn't die. Um, but all the alien races seem to be based on racial stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. This is fucked up. Mm. George, go fuck yourself. Is that a bad thing, though? Isn't that inclusion? What? <laughs> Isn't that involving other races and being less <laughs> racist? <laughs> we're going to involve all these other races, and how we're going to do that is we're going to make aliens out of the stereotype that we see that race as. But there's no proof that they were doing that. Each, oh, there is? They're called because episodes if you, one, two, three. If you four. point that out, then you're the racist. Why? Because then you're pointing out that the stereotype exists. Yeah, that doesn't make you a racist. How does that make you a racist? I think I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't say it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. You watch wrestling, don't you? I do watch wrestling, yes. Um, that must be a better environment with lots of... People from different ethnic backgrounds. Because it's, not, it's not film producers there, is it? So much, no. much better people. So, so wrestling more so now than before is probably one of the most diverse places that you'll see on TV. Um, is it? Yeah. They've got a whole host of different races and um, genders now more than ever. I think before there was this big... It was almost an inside joke that women were always the lesser, always held the lesser matches um, on each show. And they were always pushed down to, you know, uh, the beginning of the show or they'd come after a really shitty match or they'd be the shitty match and then it would be followed by a really good match. Okay. 
But now there's been a huger emphasis. Huger? Is that a word? Bigger emphasis. Larger emphasis. Bigger. Bigger. Bigger emphasis on giving women the time that they deserve. And so they were called divas before. Yeah. Divas was the title of that that group of women in wrestling. Slightly offensive. Right. So they changed that recently. To Bitches. To hoes. Oh, fuck's sake. Really? No. Are you kidding me? No, no, they changed it to you're, uh, women. You're kidding me, they're called hoes. No. Actually, there was there was a segment where there was a wrestler and he brought his hoes along oh, to the ring. Really? No joke. This was in the 90s, though. Kids watch this stuff. In the 90s. Yeah, the 90s were bad. Yeah. So, um, so it's now called women's wrestling. <laughs> they're called women. They are given the title they deserve. Women. So it's it's brilliant. And, and to the point where they were given the main event slot in a show that's unheard of in like recent memory up until then it was all the men doing uh, all the all the work basically the men would carry the shows and all this stuff but now women are given the time that they deserve and because these women these particular women are brilliant wrestlers and they're great talent so they know what they're doing and they are given the time that the men get okay diversity um, anyway but what i was getting at so before, um, I want to give you one example here because I'm, I'm going to go on about wrestling if I talk too much. There was a wrestler called Muhammad Hassan. And so they brought this guy in. Uh, and back then it was very, this was off the heels of 9-11. So oh, uh, yeah, so this was, I think it might have been 2004, 2003. Uh, and they brought him in as a character who had enough of the, of the abuse that he was receiving as a result of 9-11. And so he came in and he was dressed like an Arab. He would wear the uh, the head scarf thing. You know the, the things that Arabs wear? What's it called? Like a rag head. Yeah, that's the one rag head. Dress him up like a rag head. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're keeping all this in, by the way. This is pretty racist. You want? All right. That's what um, they say. Okay. The Americans are quite openly racist. Yes. Um... So they would bring him in and he would dress like that. And he's a, a naturally, he was a bad guy. Let he me just was, say, when I say that, I mean the Americans that are racist are openly racist. Yes. Not all Americans no. are openly racist. Yeah. <laughs> because my parents are American and they're, actually, my parents are quite racist. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they brought him in. He was a heel. A heel is what you call a bad guy in wrestling terms. Okay. So he was a bad guy and he came in and, uh, it was almost a capitalization of what happened in 9-11. 2005 came along. And uh, so the show that he was on, they would usually tape on a Tuesday and air on a Friday or a Saturday. Yeah. And so they taped this particular episode on a Tuesday. It was going to air on Friday. And, and unfortunately, the week that it aired, the Friday or whenever it was, was the exact week and day that the London bombings occurred. Shit. So... What happened here? Seven seven. Seven seven. Yeah. Um, it might have been a Friday then. Um, so what they did was he had a match, and so uh, once he'd finished the match, his partner had lost, and so then he started praying on the ramp, uh, with the entrance to the wrestling ring, the ring, and when he prayed, dudes in ski masks and uh, uh, like camo pants and stuff came out with um, chicken wire and batons. Yeah. And they carried this dude out. But this happened on the day of the bombings. 
this was aired wow. on the day of the bombings. And so as a result of this, he basically lost his job because of this. Who has? This Mohammed Hassan guy. Because he, he, his idea was it? I don't know whose idea it was. but Is he actually of sort of Middle Eastern descent? He's 100% Italian. Oh, wow. Yep, that's even that's the worst part. <laughs> um, so he's now a teacher or something, but this is 2005 we're talking about. <laughs> well, that's good news, isn't it? Yeah. He's now a teacher. Yeah. Social teacher, actually. It's <laughs> getting better. Um, okay. So anyway, so he lost his job a few weeks later after finishing, but he wasn't happy about anything that happened. But, you know, this thing happened, but the, this just kind of goes to show some of the insensitivity that the company had back then and still to some extent kind of does okay. just because of the racial stereotypes that they used to kind of utilize back in the days. So in the 90s and everything, if you used to watch wrestling, then you know kind of what they used to do. Um, but that was just kind of an interesting example, I think. Okay. Um, good. I'm now just as much not into wrestling as I was not before. Damn it. Yeah, so we've got a list of films here. Yeah. A, a list of films that either utilize... Is utilize the right word? Okay, I've got a question first. Go on. When we talk about these films... Yep. Are these films that we've picked out because they seem to fit, or are they films that actually are films that actually cause a reaction? I know X Men caused a reaction because we were watching it, and you you leant over, gave me a kiss, and then you said, <laughs> "I love you," <laughs> and then you said, um, "For a film that seems to be using diversity as a sort of its metaphoric theme, there's very few people." Um, from diverse backgrounds yeah. in it. Yep. So that one did elicit a reaction. So mm. I'm wondering if the others did. Go, okay, go on. These, these are a list of films that I actually found. Um, and the person who, who got these films was, he got them from the IMDb list of, I think, top rated films or something like that. Um, but they were interesting films because the, I've, I've taken some films out because I hadn't seen them, but these ones I've, I've seen in particular, so I can, I can talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, Avengers to me is an interesting one and it's a strange one because up until you mentioned it, I hadn't seen it as a political film. But at, at its basis, at its core, it's, it's fundamentally a political film. It's a film about politics. Yeah. And I didn't understand that until I actually saw it or even thought about it. Um, but again, they're all white except for Nick Fury. The person who calls the shots is black. Yeah, but he was a—he's a groin punch. They've—they've they've done a black up. Let's black up a character. Otherwise, fucking everyone in this film is white. Yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. Straight out of Compton. Crazy motherfucking called Ice Cube. Yep. I—I uh, I, I pointed this one out as, as well because. Um, I was reading an article about its lack of recognition at the Oscars. Um, but the only recognition that was received was for the writer, who was white. Okay. Um, wow. Was he? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we say that, but I mean, you know. Okay, go on. No, I don't know what... And this is the reason why probably you don't watch it. I don't know what the prerequisites are to be nominated for an Oscar now. I don't think anybody does unless you're part of that board. But it frustrates me to think that not just on this film 
but just in general that nobody who was black was nominated for an Oscar. Was there anyone that should have been nominated for an Oscar from Straight Outta Compton, you feel? I mean, I'd probably have to give it, I'd have to, have to give it another watch, but uh, I think even as a film, it would have been, it would have sufficed because okay, the director yeah, was no, black as I, well. That I can see. Um, the performances weren't not good. No, no, great. no, but they weren't great. They probably weren't Oscar worthy, but the film itself, I think the film was a brilliant film. It, for my age group, I, I grew up, um, you know, very, I've got a very strange background, which will, it's not very strange, but it's um, different. Yeah. And, um, I remember everything that was going on in my life when every one of those NWA tracks came out and I was listening to and memorizing the words to. And for me, it just captured yeah. uh, a period of of uh, of um, <laughs> time yeah. perfectly yeah. Uh, and reflected what was happening in America that was driving these guys to do what they did. Mm. Uh, I love it. I think, yes, I agree. I think it was one of the, it was one of the best films I've seen in the last couple of years. So well, yes, I, I completely just... agree with that. The fact that it didn't even have a nomination yeah. just made me feel... That's actually one of the reasons that I thought, fuck you, I'm not even going to watch this anymore. Yep. This is just stupid. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was just a frustration really on my part. I think uh, just kind of felt like it had to be mentioned. Um, Star Trek though. Ah, okay. Star yeah. Trek is is... Has always been, I suppose, a, a very diverse had has had a very diverse kind of um, uh, cast. Okay, they really tried, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Being in a in a universe full of aliens, or even a world full of aliens, uh, in that film, is another kind of I don't know if that's a metaphor for diversity. Or a hidden one, or just something that they've just put in there because of Star Trek. Um, you know, the, in the first one, they had Kirk um, having a fling with the was it the blue alien chick, purple alien chick, green alien chick? I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, just that kind of stuff. It's just I I don't know if that is actually a. Uh, you know, like a inter interracial, interspecies kind of promotion thing. Xenoporn. That's the one. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Xenomorph. Dark Knight Rises. Here we go. Dark Knight Rises. Now, Dark Knight Rises um, is an interesting one. It's full of non-white characters who are the good guys. Uh, and it's the white people who are portrayed as the crazy murderous villainous people including batman yeah because he's a crazy son of a bitch <laughs> whereas the only logical rational beings are the other non-white ones so you have lucius fox lucius fox is probably the most rational person in there i did not notice that when i watched it but that's i'm now recalling it and yeah okay um wow yeah and i think that's interesting because it's funny how you say when we were talking about Batman vs Superman last uh, last month. Uh, it's interesting. It makes me want to watch it now, uh, the the Dark Knight trilogy, because I'm not a huge fan of them. But knowing all these things that we've been talking about over the last couple of months or whatever, 
it makes me want to watch it now because it's interesting to know that it's a film that is, like you said, it's very real. It's very relevant to the the world that we're living in right now. It's it doesn't stray from, I guess, the bullshit that occurs on a daily basis. So everyone's always so focused on, you know, a lot of stuff in America right now is, you know, uh, last uh, last year or, or whenever it was, you know, black people are always the people who, you know, commit the crimes according to a lot of people in America. But that, that we know that's not the truth. Uh, are those people called the police? That's the one. Um, <laughs> okay. But this this film is a good uh, m- metaphor for that, I think. And it's always, I think, if you look at the past Batman films, can you think, or can you remember, a black villain from any of the Batman films? Me neither. No. No. And I think that's brilliant. I think... Well, we shouldn't think that's brilliant. No, 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 no. No, I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Yeah. You know, I, but I think it's a good... <clears throat> representation of the world that we are in i think it it's finally a film that is very real and very relevant it's not it's not pandering to the stereotypes okay how do you feel about how um asians are portrayed um as in when i say asians i mean asians the way we call asians in the, in the uk we generally mean indians and pakistanis to my knowledge the the one that I can really recall right now is Irfan Khan, who was both an amazing Spider-Man, the first one, and also Jurassic World. Do you remember those? Irfan Khan. Yeah. He was literally the only Indian guy in Spider-Man and Jurassic World. What was he in Spider-Man? Uh, he was the the professor doctor guy. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Jurassic World was the rich guy, who basically ah, owned Jurassic World. Yes, him, him, him played a pretty non-existent role to be honest he could have done without it so rude (laughs) I mean so was he either a terrorist or an IT geek or a doctor neither Um, in Spider-Man he was a Spider-Man he was a professor doctor scientist I guess no 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 no. he wasn't he was just a rich guy he was a he was basically a I don't know if you can call him a terrorist but he was working for somebody else because he had to get the serum okay. from Connors to take to the, the his employer. East Asians are always also IT geeks, always some kind of geniuses. Yep. Um, and then you have his excep- exceptions where they become the exotic transgender sidekick. Yep. I think one series that's really, really done it for me over the last couple of years is um, Banshee. Okay. Which you haven't watched yet, have you? No. I love it. It's so good. I mean, it started off as a series where there's a guy and he goes to this town for reasons which you can figure out if you watch the series. Um, and starts kicking, kicking ass, kicking ass, as we say. Over here. Kicking ass. It's kicking a lot of ass. Arse, yeah. Arses. Arses. And um. And the choreography was amazing because yeah. he was, um this has been choreographed to a level that's beyond the stuff that I've seen on TV before. It takes violent action and set, it, takes, it, it, it takes a step back and it says, hang on a minute, but how would this look if this was actually happening? Now, this is happening. It's actually happening. It's not something that's been choreographed for, enter, for entertainment purposes, even though it has. 
it's actually happening. What are the options here in this in this bit of combat? Let's go beyond just uh, well choreographed martial arts. And that was enjoyable anyway. And then the the female interest, um, the, the, it, it, basically it starts passing the Bechtel test because she's not just a female interest. She's, she trains herself and becomes a fighter as well and um, ends up being armed to the teeth. Um, and then he has this effectively a sidekick, exotic transgender Asian, Asian meaning someone... He looks um, Korean or Chinese. Um, it's Hoon Lee. This is... Uh, all right. It was interesting to watch. Um, what I would love to see now, which would be me forgiving them for giving him the interesting exotic transgender sidekick, is um, a Hoon Lee leading role in a Job, which is the character's name, a Job series. Like a spin-off. I think, yeah. I think they need to atone and make a Job series. If this happens, you know, if I can, happy, I've got a couple of quid, I can lend them to make it. I would love to see this. Invest. Invest. Yeah. So Kickstarter. I have a question. Go for it. Do you think there's a historical responsibility for production companies to um, respect diversity? Yeah, Absolutely. Good. So let's do another question. Okay. No, let's not. Is there, is there why do you think there is? No, yeah. I mean, it's like we said before the podcast. I think at this day and age, considering everything that's happened, you know, last, the last decade, shit, man, the last 20, 30, 40 years, everything that's happened, the last century, even, you know, and even this day and age that we're living as a diverse, a culturally diverse world that we're living in i think this needs to be acknowledged in in one of the most popular forms of media that there's available oh, that's a good point um and yet it's not being addressed so kids are growing up watching these films and they're not being exposed if they're not being exposed otherwise they're not being exposed to different races and they're not being yes they are they have rastamouse this is true um rastaman and, and I think it needs to be kind of addressed. Um, and it isn't, which is a shame and it's sad. So when it is addressed, we, we do get excited. At least uh, we get excited about, you know, the diverse nature of certain films. There's a great website called racebending.com. And um, there's an article which I'll post um that uh, they've done a write-up around a study that examines uh, television diversity and self-esteem. Um, and I'm going to... Th this is regarding what you just said about impact, social impact, and what happens to kids today. Um, so you can go ahead and read the whole article. I'm going to read three paragraphs, short ones. It's cool. I'd <laughs> Regardless of what show you're watching, if you're a white male things in life are pretty good for brackets, people who look like you, close brackets, you. You tend to be in positions of power. You have prestigious occupations, high education, glamorous houses, a beautiful wife with very little portrayals of how hard you work to get there. If you're a girl or, a girl, um, or a woman, 
what you see is that women on television are not given a variety of roles. The roles they see are pretty simplistic. They're always, uh, almost always one-dimensional and focused on the success they have because of how they look, not what they do or what they think or how they got there. Young black boys are getting the opposite image that there is not lots of good things that you can aspire to. If we think about those kind of messages, um, that's what's responsible for the impact. So, and then they start talking about things like Legend of Korra, um, which won't make any sense to you because you've never watched The Last Airbender. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that quote. I like that. So, we'll, we'll post that. I, I, don't, I, I was going to think, is there a call to action? Is there anything further to discuss? I don't think there is. I think I'd like to um, call out people who deserve... Lots of respect. Cal Penn and John Cho for Harold and Kumar where they... It's a okay, not... It's pretty funny comedy film, but they they handle lots of um, stereotypes well and make humor and, and, and don't do jokes based on stereotypes. They do jokes where they break the stereotype apart. Um, I think there are current day pioneers like Aziz Zanzari and sorry, um, Mindy Kaling. And I'm going to say these because I is brown and they is brown. So yeah. Like we is all brown. Yeah. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Um, even though he plays an IT guy in Silicon Valley, it's mm. kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> but he does other stuff outside, right? But he does other stuff, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's they seem to be the first ever generation where people like us can look on TV and say, oh, there's someone like me. And mm. it's a really incredible feeling. Watching um, the Mindy Project. Project. Yep. Have you watched that? Yeah, Hina loves it. it. It's brilliant because she hasn't conformed to stereotypes too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she um, picks apart lots of interesting things in a very funny way about... Um, Everything that's wrong with people from yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, but people from our culture living in in um, um, American Western society. Yeah. This is this is a wonderful thing for us. Uh, just to follow up on the uh, the Cal Penn and um, Haru John Cho thing. Haruku. Haruku, yeah. Um, it's funny because although they're p playing to some extent, they're playing stereotypes of themselves. Yeah. It's still, it's like you said, they're, they're not conforming to these stereotypes because by the end of it, they're like, forget this, we're kind of our own people. But then it also, I don't know if that counts because they are playing stereotypes of themselves. Because whilst they have their fun and do whatever they wanted to do, they ultimately they kind of conform to what their stereotypes are do don't they really yeah kind of i think i think uh, it, i mean it was i think it was a great first step yeah 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 because they weren't too they weren't like um it's exposure i think yeah they weren't a, a jay and silent bob in another movie yeah it yeah. was their movie yeah um so yeah it was, i think it was a great first step 
So we can close up. Do you want to? I don't think there's is there much of a conclusion we can do. We, we've just um, tried to talk about diversity and I race mean, without yeah, I don't being think, racist. I don't think there is a conclusion. I think it's an interesting point to kind of keep looking at, uh, and it. I think it's just it was, it's still going to be like this for for the next few years until something's done about it. I mean, the academy themselves, however corrupt it may be, have said themselves that you know they'll be taking steps to ensure that there will be more of a diverse uh range of nominees and or people on the board who are coming to making decisions but i think until actual steps are being made or until they make another fast and furious film it, it's not really going to change um it's just the world that we're living in right now and it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way and it shouldn't just be oh well this is the world we're living in you know until we start getting people who make films on a different level then it it is just going to be the same we're just going to be full of i mean there there is a kind of call to action there for producers to get with it yeah i mean the bbc can start you know they 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 pick these bit parts and try and add some sprinkling of of um diversity here and there but um really they need to they need to you know man up make doctor who a sri lankan all doctors are Sri Lankan, right? Most of them are Sri Lankan. Exactly. There you go. That would be his. That's why we never know the doctor's name because it's like a long Sri Lankan name, and his disguise is that he's he's always transmogrifying into a white man, from one white man into another white man. But really, he's Sri Lankan. Doctor Who. Um. <laughs> what you been doing? Anything else of note? Nothing hugely. I mean, I've been watching stuff. Stuff that you know, I finished the flash off, finished that off, but we should, we won't talk about it now. I think we should have a, I think we should have an episode dedicated to talking about TV, superhero, comics, what our shows. We have like every episode is about comics, apart from this one. This has been that boring stuff at the beginning that you were talking about, and then the interesting part in the middle and the end that you were talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Um. <coughs> Started watching Entourage again. That look, that just I've tried watching that three times. It just don't, I'm not feeling it. It's it's a brilliant no-brainer show. It, I think we everyone when you're watching a, a series of shows, everybody needs at least one no-brainer show that you can just stick on and not think about. I think it's brilliant. You just okay. need that kind of thing. Uh, Game of Thrones, um, of course. Last episode this week, next week, Monday, yeah, Sunday, sorry, so tomorrow. Last episode of this season. You been watching? Oh, is it? it? Yeah. Did you watch last week? Uh, yes, and I also saved it because I'm probably going to watch it again. That was nuts. Yeah, that, that the main scene, uh, the battle scene was incredible. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, watched films, Turtles, horrible, X-Men, brilliant, Judgment Day, never watch it again. Um, Judgment Day? Ter- and that is another Terminator film? Independence Day, sorry. Independence Day. Oh. Insurgents. And they had... Did they have cyborgs from the future? Insuri- Insurgents. Emergence. What? Resurgence. Independence Day Resurgence. What are you watching? <laughs> You're just saying words. You're just saying words. What are you watching? I watched uh, lots of stuff on the plane. I watched Sherlock special. Oh, the, um, the abominable... Bright? BBC one. Yeah. Uh, the Victorian one. Yeah. yeah. That was very cool. Um, Zootropolis. Yeah. Zootropolis, I've written. 
Zootropolis, so yeah. relevant to what we've been talking about yeah. today. Yeah. It's a shame I hadn't finished it yet. We could have talked about that. Um, yeah, just everyone needs to watch that. It's a cool film. Uh, Secret Life of Pets, which was shite. Um, although I might take my niece at some point, she might enjoy it yeah. or something. I don't know. It just there's no, no depth to it. It just, it, yeah. Right. Jungle Book, again. Watched it again. It's, it's so good with my parents. In a real American cinema, um, which is good. Joy um, would be my pick of the pick of the pick. Um, probably one of probably the best business film. Probably the best business film I've seen for ages, and one of the best films uh, of twenty sixteen for me. This is a this is a fantastic film. I'm not going to say anything about it. Watch joy especially if you want to be an entrepreneur you want to be a business person you want to uh, explore a story in video form instead of just reading yet another biography that's great um obviously x-men and stuff you've been doing anything else you've been doing a lot of this uh video logging vlogging vlogging yeah i've been doing a lot of that so i've been uh vlogging on youtube youtube.com forward slash k-a-z-e-d two zero one zero yeah i've just been doing a lot of that i've just been trying to get on the in the vlogging game you know I used to do it a long time ago, um, and I wanted to get back into it. It's, you would call it mental masturbation. Um, sure, I probably would, yeah. Uh, but it, I think it's it, it's a brilliant exercise for me to kind of, I think I've, I've received plenty of comments saying, if you look at the first video compared to one of my recent ones, you can see how much I've evolved in that short space of time, which is incredible, I think, you know, you know it's an interesting experiment for myself to see how much I do develop over time. Um, but yeah, I do eventually want to make something of it. Okay. It's, well, I'm, I've seen a few and they're quite entertaining. I always end up seeing myself in them and then not in watching it, anymore. the same sweater. Thanks for that. <coughs> what have you been doing? Uh, I've just been off on holiday. I had a great time. Um, Sarasota, Orlando, Bradenton. Lovely area. Uh, I did as little as possible on holiday, which is really good. Um, lots of swimming and eating, some exercising. Charity. I want to talk about the charity called B Science that we're doing some, we're trying to help uh, with their web stuff. Um, bscience.org.uk, their website's coming together slowly, so it's not quite there yet. Uh, it's a great science, uh, sorry, it's a great charity set up by um, uh, Jessica, who I met a few weeks ago. Um, trying to help uh, people, uh, kids from underprivileged backgrounds who may not have picked up certain things about science. She herself um, was a dyslexic, couldn't understand certain scientific concepts, but wanted to be a scientist. She has an amazing story. Uh, and then has ended up running these sessions where she created her own experiments to teach herself about science and now teaches, um, helps other children learn um, co scientific concepts from an early, you know, at an early age through these these open B science sessions that she does. I think this is a, an amazing thing. She's filling a gap that schools are completely missing out on. And uh, um, I think it's going to be a big thing once she gets some uh, investment, uh, investment, big word investment, some sponsors, some people to help support it. Uh, yeah, cool. I think that's about it for me. Yeah, I think that's it for us. We made it. We made it. All right, so if you like this, check us out on iTunes, hit subscribe and add us to your collection. 
We're also on Stitcher if that's your thing. Facebook is now back up and running. Facebook.com forward slash Movieville. You can find exclusive videos of this podcast and other heated conversations we may have. We're also both on Twitter, so you can find me on at MovievilleKazed and Kushal on at Kushal Joshi. I'm also on YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash KAZED2010. That's it for this month. Did Facebook go down? No, we just kind of never really used it. No, but you said Facebook. Oh, sorry, I meant the whole of Facebook went down. Oh, no. And is that back up again? Should have said our Facebook page is back up. All right. See you in four. Bye.